is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey everyone, welcome to Upbeat and thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. And if you like the show, leave an Upbeat review that is always super appreciated. So thank you for that. Today's guest is Adam Roa. Uh, You can find everything there is to know about him at adamroa.com, adamroa.com or his Instagram, adam.roa, adam.roa. Definitely look him up. Definitely follow him. He is just absolutely incredible inspirational. This guy is a spoken word artist. He's a poet. He actually had one of his poems go massively viral, which he'll be sharing with us today on the podcast episode. So I'm excited to share that with you. He's also a filmmaker, a motivational speaker, a musician. He's just the truest sense of the word artist. So very, very happy to have him here on Upbeat. And I don't want to keep you waiting. So without further ado, let's get into it. Adam, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Parker. It's been uh, uh, on my calendar and I've been looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm so excited for this and I'm really glad that we were able to meet uh, Cross Paths on this new app, uh, the Clubhouse app. It's been it's been awesome. Um, the first time I heard you, I, I believe it was in the Rockier Gift Room uh, with Sean D. Stewart. <laughs> it was a really fun room uh, and you shared your poem. And I actually, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but is it cool if we, if we share that poem with the listeners? Yes. <laughs> You're putting me right on the spot. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, and if you want to share it now, we can, or we could wait, or if you'd like, I can just insert a recording too of it. No, I mean, I'm, I'm always down to, I'm, I'm a spoken word artist and I love um, using that, the medium of poetry to, uh, spread the messages that I think are important, self-love and, and self-worth and all of that. And so um, the poem you're speaking about is I am enough, right? Correct. Yes. That hit me hard. You shared it in that clubhouse room. And I don't know if it was just, there's something, and I'm sure you're familiar, familiar with this too, but there's just something about when you're just listening to something rather than engaging with it, rather than watching it. And clubhouse is, you know, just audio. So I was just kind of doing my own thing, working at my desk, listening to this room that was happening. And then you came on and started sharing that poem. And I just stopped everything and I closed my eyes and listened. Uh, In fact, I'm pretty sure you even had some kind of instructions like that before you started the poem. (laughs) And I just did everything that you said to do. And it it was an amazing experience. So thank you for providing that. Yeah, of course. So I'll, I'll start by giving everyone those same directions, which is Um, to just take a moment, you know, the poem itself is probably two and a half minutes. So if you have two and a half minutes, you're listening to this and you can stop what you're doing and just become super present and give yourself permission to really take these words in because um, they're a gift from me to you. And this poem is called, I am enough. Take a nice deep breath in and exhale. I am enough, but enough of what? Every time I hear those words, I feel like they keep getting stuck up in my head, conflicting with all the words I've said on repeat for most of my life. Yeah, I haven't been very nice to myself. 
from bottom to top, spent most of my life focused on why I was not enough. Flat feet, too slow, chicken legs won't grow like self-deprecation was an occupation. I went pro long ago and I know that the mind learns through repetition. And no matter how quiet I speak, it's always around to listen. Creating the vision of who I am based on my self-talk. So why not speak what I can and stop all the can-nots? Because I got a lot of knots. I thought a lot of thoughts that brought a lot of nada. So I fought to make them stop. And I finally gave my ego what it wanted. And I told it what I am not. I am not dumb. I am not ugly. I am not giving up. I am not weak. I'll get back on my feet no matter how much I slip up. I am not broken. I am not afraid. And so when the going gets tough, I can see what I am not. And it reminds me I am enough. I am enough strength to overcome any obstacle placed in my way. I am enough courage to keep my heart open after heartbreak. I am enough will to get through any hard day. I am enough fun to turn all my work into play. I am enough pride to not be torn down by what people say. And I am enough humility to own up to all my mistakes. And it doesn't take a special ability, just a perspective shift to go through this list and always remember this. For everything I'm not, there's something that I am. For everything I can't, there's something that I can. I can be happy. I can be free. I can be authentic. In fact, I'm already me. And I am so grateful for me and everything I am. And so for the rest of my life, I'll do whatever I can to always remember that, yeah, I'm not a lot of stuff. But there's one thing I am. I am enough. Wow. Yeah, I didn't want to jump in there too quick. I, I love having that pause <laughs> at the mm -hmm. end. Thank you so much for sharing that, Adam. It's it's incredible. I wanted to kick this off just by asking you, like, how long ago did you write that? What inspired you to write that? Uh, maybe that could even, you know, coincide with another question too, which is just what's the creative process like? Like, how do you come up with these poems? Yeah, well, this one's pretty um, unique in that um, I was speaking and performing at a Mind Valley event and um, was approached by a gentleman who said, you have to meet my wife because she is all about self-love and, and there's just a collaboration in the works. And um, his wife happened to be Marissa Peer, who's a very well-known hypnotherapist in the UK. And she asked me, can you write a poem about I am enough? <laughs> can you do that? And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I, I wrote the poem. This was probably uh, a year and a half ago now. So what is that? Makes it the end of 2019, I believe, something like that. And it was an interesting process because at the time I was going through a, a difficult breakup. And so in many ways, I was saying all the things that I needed to hear. 
and reminding myself that, that I am enough, even though right now in this moment, I feel so low and unwanted. Let me remind myself of these things that I am enough strength, you know, to overcome any obstacle place in my way. I'm enough courage to keep my heart open after heartbreak. You know, that's where that line comes from. At any other time um, in my life, perhaps that line, for example, doesn't even make its way in there. But at that time, it was so real and relevant to me. And um, I haven't done too many of these sorts of uh, collaborations or, um, you know, sometimes I'll get approached about, Hey, can you, could you do a poem about this or that? And so, um, this is one of those. And I think that the creative process for this kind of second part of your question, uh, can, you know, it's so fluid and every, every creative you talk to will, will have a different process. I, I don't know that I have one process that works because sometimes I have a poem like this one that came through in a day or two days or three days or something. Um, other times it takes me months uh, to, to finish a piece. And the, the most important thing to get across to people around my process is kind of the foundational way in which I view it, which is, I believe that I am, I am giving birth to the, the creative idea. And so when I have something like I am enough, right, then I'm now, my role is to, to, to be like the surrogate for spirit to move through me and birth that. And so I look at things like, okay, what do I need to be doing in my day to day? How do I need to be eating? What is my, what is my routine? Um, all of those things to help me be a match for that creative idea to kind of birth through me, as opposed to thinking that I'm going to like generate it from inside of myself. I, I believe I'm I'm just a, a, a garden hose and it's flowing through me from, from up here in the, the astral realm, so to speak. And so that viewpoint allows me when I hit maybe a writer's block moment or something like that, I understand it's just, it's not there yet. I'm not a match to it quite yet. And so I get to go out and become a match to it, not just force my way through it. Wow. Fascinating. That's really cool. So you really kind of internalize it and become it and just let that kind of consume you for a little while and like really create something brilliant. That's incredible. And how long, I guess, when did you start poetry? Like when did this become something that you were uh, passionate about, you know, because you're clearly ready to, you know, take that request and collaborate and, and produce a masterpiece uh, a year and a half ago with this, with this specific one. Um, how long had you been doing it before that? Well, you know, it's funny. I went back to visit my parents and I was going through a box of just old scrapbook stuff that my mom has kept. And uh, there's pages and pages and pages, hundreds of poems from when I was wow. uh, a kid, uh, first grade, second grade, third grade, just all of these poems. I, I have awards for little poetry things in school and stuff. And so I realized in hindsight that I've been writing poetry for, for my whole life, basically. But um, there was a large period of time where I shut myself down 
uh, cre- I would say for, to the artistic side of myself, I, I took on the belief that I, I wasn't actually creative or artistic. I was more of the logical, linear, analytical thinking person. And I needed to be realistic because you can't make a living as an artist, you know? And, and so I, uh, really dropped into more business and what am I going to do for a career? And during that time, I feel like I really stopped writing poetry, uh, the way that I do now. And then, um, but I would say in terms of spoken word poetry, and I define that really by just poetry that's meant to be spoken out loud. You know, some poetry you, you know, is meant to exist on the page. And even poets will use the page in a way where they put the words over here all in the top left corner and the rest of it's blank, you know, to um, use the page as a canvas. And with spoken words specifically, I'm looking at it as, I am intending to speak this. There's a cadence to it. I can hear, like as I'm writing it, I can hear the way I would want to perform it. And so that's what makes it spoken word. And that was probably, I would say, maybe in 2000, I'm guessing now, but 2016, something like that, um, where I was at an event and it was a lot of different speakers. And the very last speaker to go was a spoken word artist. And at that time, I'd never heard slam poetry before, or at least it had never, it, I'd never really taken notice of it. But on this particular evening, this gentleman goes and does a poem. And I immediately got a lightning bolt of energy through me and just said, I can do that. I know I can do that. And I went home and I wrote, um, uh, a poem called Our Thoughts, which is on my poetry album. I have a, a spoken word poetry album, actually, that's that's on Spotify under my name. It's called Permission. And uh, I wrote Our Thoughts. It's the first poem on the album. And it's the first poem I ever wrote, a spoken word. And I did it for a friend. And I said, hey, like, check this out. I just wrote this. And I was really proud of it. And uh, one of my friends said, your next one, you should do your next one called You Are Who You've Been Looking For. And I went on in the next 48 hours to write my second piece, which is called You Are Who You've Been Looking For, which uh, has now gone viral and has been viewed on Facebook over 200 million times. And so it's funny because it's it's arguably and, and might be the most viral poem like ever uh, in terms of uh, online. And it was the second spoken word piece that I ever wrote. And it just goes to show you that, you know, it doesn't have to be, there's this idea that you have to work at something so long and so hard to, to, to have any sort of success. And granted, by the time the poem had gone viral, I'd already, I'd written so many more poems. I was touring internationally as with my spoken word poetry show. And so I was putting in the work, but you never know what's going to hit. And, and you never know, um, is, I, there are poems that I consider to be poetically better, you know, like I, I'm more proud of the rhyme schemes and the intricacies, but the second one that I ever wrote is the one that, that really took off. And so I, I tell that story so that people can feel inspired to, to just start, you know, just start and do your best and, and the chips will fall where they may, but um, there's no replacement for just doing it. Yeah, absolutely love that. You're kind of blowing my mind right now that that's your number two. That was your second one and it went so crazy huge. I've seen that. It was a, I saw it in a goal cast video um, on YouTube, I believe. Uh, 
which Goldcast is huge. I mean, they they share some of the most amazing videos. So that was incredibly cool to see. I think what I love about that poem is, uh, man, I think it's so relatable. Like you didn't, you, it didn't feel like you were trying to present it as a poem, more so as you were presenting it just like a friend talking to a friend and it happened to kind of move like a poem does. And it was... It was just really cool to hear. It felt like I was just talking to you like I am right now, um, but it rhymed <laughs> and it flowed really well, uh, which going backtrack, backtracking a little bit to what you said um, about how you, how you word things and how you master the flow, that's one of the things I think that really hit me when I heard you present uh, the poem you did in that clubhouse room because... In that room, I don't know if you've attended that room a lot or not, but it's a lot of musicians uh, specifically. Mm. Uh, I'm a beatboxer, there's rappers, there's DJs, and everything usually has like a beat uh, or piano or some kind of track with it. And when you when you presented your poem, it was just you, it was just your voice, there was no music to it, um, but it felt like music. It was definitely like music. There was melody to it. There was movement to it all just in your speaking voice, which was absolutely crazy to me. And, um, you know, the voice is just so powerful. That's like, I heard it said, uh, the other day, I can't remember who said it now. Um, I would totally love to shout them out, but, um, they said something about how the voice is so powerful because it's the only thing that you can create that then somebody else can take it and internalize it and have it planted in their head for the rest of their lives. Like you can't do other, like you can't create other things like that really outside of what you hear uh, with music and with voice. So it's incredible, incredible what you do. Um, so thank you again for, for putting out those masterpieces. Um, as far as going viral, how have you been able to kind of manage manage that. I mean, I've been viral before with kind of a funny video of me beatboxing with the McDonald's cup. And it's kind of interesting for me to speak with someone else who knows what that's like to go viral. So, I'm wondering uh, what your thoughts are with that. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for the kind words on on my poetry and performance. It's it's something that I, I love and, um, you know, adding melody and beats is what I've started to do with music, you know, releasing music under, uh, my last name Roa, um, which I have a few songs on Spotify and stuff. And I, and I feel like what is so important is that when people feel like they're receiving art, you know, when they don't feel like they're being lectured at, but they're actually just receiving a, a piece of art, whether it's a song or a poem or whatever, they give it permission to, to let them feel something, you know? And in today's day and age, that's, that's, the, that's the key. If we can get people to feel, if we can get people to feel love, if we can get people to feel joy, if we can get even people to be, feel safe enough to feel their sadness and their stuff, the emotions don't become this repressed, um, energy stuck in the system that then becomes something that is unconsciously acted out in ways that cause harm to others. And so uh, I'm a big believer in the power of art to shift this planet. It's why I started a nonprofit called Surrendered Artist. The, the website surrenderedartist.org for anyone interested in um, supporting the, the mission of, of, teach, of helping artists understand how to use art as technology, but also um, teaching the youth on how to use art as a healing tool um, to process what, what goes on in their 
their lives. And so, um, yeah, it's a huge passion of mine and I appreciate the kind words on it and to have it go viral was, um, I mean, it, it not only did it go viral, the speed at which it went viral was pretty insane. Uh, it did 40 million views in the first 48 hours. So it, it was zero to a hundred, you know, and it, what's interesting about it more than anything, I think is, uh, I had a number of people say, wow, it was so crazy to watch how everything just changed for you overnight. You know, it's like all of a sudden, and I thought to myself, well, yes. In many ways, it did uh, because after that, all of a sudden, I was being reached out to by hundreds of people every single day, messages in my inbox. And and then I got opportunities to speak at different events and, and my social media following blew up and all of these things happened, sure. And I don't necessarily look at it as how it came out of nowhere. You know, one of my old mentors used to say, an overnight success takes a decade. And, and so by the time that the poem went viral, like I said, I had been touring internationally with my poetry on several occasions. And, and I had been putting out videos uh, as a personal development coach, you know, sharing around my thoughts on things like the law of attraction or relationships and communication and love languages. I'd been sharing videos of that stuff since 2013. And so for the poem to go viral in, in 2018, you know, I'd been putting out content online for free for, for five years at that point. And so um, it wasn't all poetry and most of it wasn't poetry. And um, most of the content that I put out now still isn't necessarily poetry. It's, it's more mindset and, and um, consciousness based. And I am, I'm, I want to I view it more as if the, the poem going viral was just the tipping point of all of that work and all of that energetic output, because I believe, you know, what you put out will come back to you. And so um, that is an important viewpoint, I think, to, to share because so many people now are, are asking that question, how do I make that piece of content that's going to go viral? <laughs> and that was never my approach. It's still not my approach. I, I look at how can I make the most impactful, best content I can and put it out consistently and then just be in a state of trust. Yeah. Well, and I have to say this, um, with that video, especially with the, the virality of it, like you saved lives, <laughs> you changed lives, you saved lives and probably in a larger number than you would even expect because of how many people consumed it and were impacted by that. So you really left like, you know, an earth shattering effect <laughs> on the world. Like you touched everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I got a lot, of, it was, it was heavy, man. Uh, you know, it was heavy. I got a lot of messages from people who were suicidal. I got a lot of messages from people who were really struggling and I still do uh, regularly, um, but not like I did then. And, and back then, especially because my, uh, you know, my Instagram following now is, is over a hundred thousand. Right. But at the time, I think it was under 10,000. And so um, I was still at the space where I was answering every message I got. 
Every single one. If you DM'd me, I was answering it. If you commented, I was answering it. And um, to this day, I still run my Instagram uh, personally. And it just got to a point so quickly, I couldn't keep up. And I went through this phase of feeling really guilty. You know, here are all these people writing me wanting to ask, that are asking for help or wanting to just be heard. And, and I'm, I can't keep up. And then my body broke down while the poem was going viral. I got really sick and just was in bed. And I, and I don't get sick. <laughs> it's very, very rare, but I got super sick for like a week um, just from the stress and, and how much was coming in and my body not being able to capacitate it. And, and so um, it was very interesting. And um, I, it's also freed me in a lot of ways because to have one of the most viral videos of all time on Facebook, I, I've had to let go of the idea that I'll ever beat it. <laughs> you know, I've, I've just gone, I may never ever release anything that, that does that. I hope I do, but maybe it never happens like that. And if that's the case, then I can't be evaluating my content based on views and shares and like, like I can't do that because I will always fall short if that's what I'm using as, as my next mountaintop. And so there's been a freeing aspect to it. That's um, been really um, healthy for me because it can, it can become a, a, a slippery slope to just be paying attention to the views over and over and over again. Yeah. And you bring up a, a few things there that I want to touch on, but I think the, the biggest one is, um, you know, the amount of people that wanted to personally reach out to you and have conversations. I know it's incredibly hard to keep up with that, but that's why I'm such a huge advocate for these voice uh, vehicles, you know, like podcasts and like Clubhouse, because you could be talking very personable uh, or very personably on Clubhouse to a large number of people and not have to dedicate your time to just one person, but it, it still feels like it's a conversation with just one person. And same thing with podcasts. Like I am lucky enough to have the pleasure to talk to you right now, but all the people who are going to listen to this, it's going to be like a personal conversation with you. And then also your podcast, you know, you've got the deep dive podcast and I wanted to compliment you there too, because what I love about that is, uh, where do I go with this? Basically, <laughs> and I'm going to try not to sound harsh to anyone listening, but in, in this, you know, let them have it. In this, world, have it. <laughs> in this world of like self-love and passion uh, and everyone can do what they love and be happy, you know, there's lots of kind of like an element of fluff to it that that's very surface level that people don't, they just, they, it goes right over their head because they don't appreciate like how deep it can actually go. And so what I love about the deep dive concept that you have is you take those fluffy things like passion and self-love and you go into how it works and how people can actually utilize that to change their lives. And so again, kind of partnering two things here, but they don't have to necessarily talk to you in your in your DMs to get that same kind of impact um, or lessons learned or uh, you know shoulder to cry on, so to speak, because they could always tune into your content, and that's the kind of things that you're releasing for them. Yeah, well said. It's it, I 
had gotten to a point where, you know, instead of responding personally to everyone, um, I respond to a lot, but, um, I, I just said, you know, I could spend an hour going through my inbox and responding to all of these people and, and get through 50 of them. Right. But in an hour, I can also record a podcast uh, or I can make a YouTube video um, or whatever it is and reach thousands of people and um, giving myself permission to say, that's okay. I, I don't ever want to lose the personal touch. That's why I love in-person events so much. When, when I'm out and someone comes up to me and says, yo, I, I saw your poem or I follow you on Instagram and I just want you to know how much it means, blah, blah, blah. That one interaction is worth like 10 to a hundred DMs, like, because there's such a, a realness to it where I get to go, wow, okay, my stuff is making a difference in that person's life. Like I got to feel, I got to feel that. And, um, and then, but like even the DMs help because on a, on a day that I'm struggling or something, I can open that up. And all of a sudden I, I see a message from someone who's, who's truly touched and go, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good because, you know, with my podcast and, and the videos I put out on YouTube, because the, the YouTube is similar to the podcast in a way where it's these exploration of these topics. Um, I, I take this viewpoint of, I don't believe in, in these empirical right or wrongs. I don't believe in these absolute truths. I, I believe that life is what we make it. I believe that every single event that happens in your life is completely neutral event and you assign the meaning to it. And, and that meaning you give it determines the value that you take away from it. And so if that's my belief system, then all I'm trying to do with my content is give people an opportunity to take on new belief systems that are more supportive for the life they want to live, not try and com convert them to some dogmatic viewpoint, not try to sell them on, on anything. And that's the reason why I, I open up as honestly and openly as I do around things like how um, for most of my life, I struggled with depression or um, how I have a, a drug use in my early 20s as like these things where I go, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It's never too late for you to shift your life and become the person that you've always wanted to be. And even when you become that person, you're going to continue evolving and shifting and growing. There, there's no end to that journey. That's, that's what we've signed up for coming here and being human. And, and we get to recognize that, have compassion because being human's hard. You know, it's not the easiest thing to do. There, there are some tough days. As I'm saying this right now, I've been fasting for like 24 hours. I've, I've needed to take like two naps today. I posted on Instagram. I think the <laughs> quote I just posted on Instagram was something like, um, uh, sometimes the most the, I'm going to, I don't want to butcher it. What, what I just posted, but I said, uh, sometimes the most enlightened thing you can do is take a nap. <laughs> and because the, the, there was this part of me that was trying to force my way through all of this and going, just go to sleep, bro. 
just go to sleep and I will allow my unconscious mind to, to do the processing and my conscious mind to rest and just reset and come back with fresh energy. And that's the same way with the fasting. Why am I fasting right now is because I just had a several days in a row, maybe even a week in a row of just not eating in the way that I want to eat. I've allowed myself to, to have a, too much sugar for my own um, preferences. And um, I had like pizza, you know, like five slices of pizza the other day. And, and just, and I went, I get to give my body a reset and I just get to let it not have to process a bunch of other stuff and let it work through everything that's in my system. So I'm going to do like 40 hours of fasting. So um, th the reset is really important. And, and I think that, Again, why I reset is to come back to my life with and be in my life with fresh perspective. And that's my goal with all of my content It's just to give people fresh perspective. And that perspective is ultimately the lens that you're wearing to perceive life. And just like the glasses that you're wearing right now, you're seeing life through a lens. If you were to change your glasses, it would change the way that you view life. And that's the way that is the culmination and the sum of all of our beliefs, our fears, our doubts, our insecurities, all of it put together gives us the lens. It gives us the glasses that we're wearing. And every time we shift something, we can improve the way that we see life so that it becomes more enjoyable. Love that. <clears throat> One thing I loved uh, too that you said was just we get to assign the meaning to these situations that we go through. You know, that's Really, really powerful stuff. I'm just going to, I don't even want to respond to it. I just want to let that rest. And uh, to anyone listening, when you can't, I mean, if you're driving, obviously don't do it. But when you can, just rewind a few minutes, listen to everything he just said again and take notes to it uh, because it was really powerful stuff. Uh, but moving forward, I just wanted to highlight something you've got coming up too and just give you a you know, platform to share that and talk about that. Um, you had mentioned to me you have... Um, an online kind of um, festival going on for your community. Um, and I would love to just have you share more about that as well. Yeah, thank you. I, I formed an online personal development community called Create, which is the collective renaissance of education, art, transformation, and entertainment. And the website is thecreatecommunity.com. And it's Basically, my goal with the community at the time, how it started was just I'd hired this company as an accelerator to help me plan my next international tour for my poetry show. And in the first month of hiring them, uh, and I had a three-month contract, COVID hit. And so the tour was canceled. And instead of canceling the contract, I simply went, what do people need right now? And ended up forming this community bringing together all of the people who were doing like breathwork classes and yoga classes and open mic nights and online concerts and um, just brought it all together into one space. And um, it was entirely just self-funded. It was just an idea that I had. And then over after about two months, I could tell it, it, was something, you know, people were seeing their lives change. People were creating true friendships. People were uh, doing collaborative business launches together. It, it just took off. And I said, okay, how do I turn this into something sustainable? What does this get to be? And it's formed into this incredible community of people who are growing together by taking online personal development work master classes essentially happening every single week. And um, it's it's a membership because like a gym membership, 
you know, I, I've led the group coaching, personal development programs that are several thousand dollars to be a part of. And um, have a beginning and an end. It's like, okay, this is going to be two months or three months or six months. And, but with like a gym membership, you don't get a gym membership for three months. You get a gym membership because you want to make the gym a part of your life. And I feel that's the important piece that, that I see separating those who are doing really big things in the world from those who just want to is that personal development has become a part of their life. Um, Every single day, I'm, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm watching YouTube videos consistently. I'm talking to my friends. The friends that I have are my tribe and my community where we talk about these subjects and things and, and how to continue to evolve and grow and upgrade our lives. And so how do I give people access to that? and make it super affordable. And that's, that's the premise. Like how do you make personal development a part of your life and do it in a way that's fun and not just not so heavy. And so anyway, we're going to, in May, we're going to be having a, an online festival. Uh, we had one in, in January and it was such a big hit that we decided to do another one. We're going to do it in May and I don't have the dates yet, but it'll be in mid to late May. And um, I bring together some of the best in the business to just drop absolute wisdom bombs uh, for an hour each into the space. And so uh, for anyone who's interested in that, make sure that you just, um, the best thing to do is go to thecreatecommunity.com or go to my website and just get on my newsletter because I offer discounts and like early bird to my personal newsletter. And it's not just a promotional newsletter. I send out uh, two emails a week. Um, every Monday, I send out an email called the three C's consciousness, creativity, and community, where I, I tell you in the consciousness section, I talk about what is the, the biggest lesson I've learned at the leading edge of my consciousness this past week. Uh, creativity, I'm always sharing something creative. It might be a new poem. It might be a, a new a collaboration or something or something from someone else. And then three is community. And I can um, bring in and highlight some epic stuff that's going on within uh, that I'm aware of. So um, those, that's the way that people could find out more information about what's going on. Cool. Yeah. And that's adamroa.com, um, adamroa.com. Uh, you've got it right, like right at the top of your website too. It's just a picture of you and then boom, the email list. So definitely sign up there. But yeah, I mean, is there anything, I have this other section that I go to that takes three to five minutes. Uh, but before we do that, is there anything kind of burning in your heart that you want to share on the podcast that maybe I didn't, I didn't ask about. No, you've done a great job. You've done a great job. You asked, asked some good questions where we've gone. I never know ahead of time where it's going to go. Right. So, uh, I appreciate the questions that you've asked and, and for everyone for tuning in and, and listening, you know, there's, there's no greater gift, especially in a digital age. Like, there's no greater gift than your actual time. Right there. You don't get that back. So to use this time to listen to this conversation, um, I'm just deeply appreciative. And, and most importantly, I hope that uh, you will continue to um, go on this journey, you know, that you're listening to this and it's inspiring you in some way, shape or form, whether that's to express yourself more creatively, whether that's to dive deeper into your own consciousness and, and change that lens that you have on life, whether it's to, to, get into a community um, that is supporting you and becoming the person you want to be, like whatever that action is moving forward. Um, that is um, what I hope that this, this episode really inspires you to do is take some action. 
I think it definitely has accomplished that. So mission accomplished. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. It's going to be, uh, I'm excited to release it. It's amazing. Um, okay. So this last little bit that I do, I call it the upbeat seat. And I just ask you a few quick questions that I ask uh, every single guest pretty much. <laughs> um, Adam, what makes you upbeat? Ooh, what makes me upbeat is the three C's, honestly, consciousness, creativity, and community. Those are the pillars of what I believe um, any fulfilling life will have. And so to, to know that every day I'm expanding my consciousness and, and every day I'm, I'm getting to express myself creatively and that consistently I have a community around me that, that loves me and supports me, um, those things keep me upbeat. Who is your number one influence or inspiration? Oh, my number one influence or inspiration. You know, I don't, I don't have one. I don't have one necessarily, but I do um, have uh, like many that I just, I just want to pop in. I, I'm inspired. So I'm inspired. This is going to be like, people are going to be like, that's a cop-out answer, but <laughs> I'm inspired. I'm inspired by people who are um, pushing their edges and living at the edges of what they know themselves capable to do. Because what that means is that every single thing that they are doing, they are having to overcome fear, doubt, and insecurity to do it. And that can look like someone who is um, has had a catastrophic injury and is learning how to walk again and, and literally just lifting their left arm is the edges of what's possible for them. But I find that inspiring, um, to, to have the homeless person who's committed to, um, shifting their life. And, and that looks like just once a week, maybe attending a meeting to, to get off of, of substances. Like that's inspiring to me that, that, that my, my inspiration comes from people who are willing to push themselves, um, past their edges. And so I have, there's a lot of people that, um, I regularly tune into like, Joe Rogan's podcast or, or Tim Ferriss or artists who are pushing the edges. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of people like Justin Bieber, who's managed to, to stay relevant and make dope art even after everything he's been going through and now has been seeming to enter into a space where he's, he's wanting to inspire people um, in, in a really positive way. And, you know, actors that take big risks um, and really go there like Christian Bale and, 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 I'm, I'm inspired by, by the human spirit. Wow. Absolutely love that answer. Uh, you brought up Justin Bieber, so this might be the answer to the next question, but what music do you listen to <laughs> to stay <laughs> upbeat and motivated? I listen to a lot. You know, the type of music that I put out personally under Roa is um, more like pop, kind of hip hop, melodic flow. And so I listen to a lot of, of kind of, more mainstream music in that way. Uh, Justin Bieber is a great example. Bozzy is a, I'm a big fan of his Quinn, um, is I'm a big fan of. And at the same time, I also listen to rap, you know, I'm a fan of Drake and, and, uh, I'm a fan of, uh, the old school rappers too. Jay-Z, Eminem, 
uh, Notorious B.I.G. Like I listen to rap when I'm working on poetry because I, I hearing how they put words together is amazing. And then also I'm a big fan of um, slow singer songwriter. I play the guitar. So that that part of me and I grew up on oldies. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Beatles uh, and um, this songs like Benny King and Stand By Me. And, and just I, I love music. I'm a, such a huge fan of music. And as long as right now, pretty much if it has a dope beat and a beautiful melody, I'm in. Awesome. That just reminded me um, the other day on Clubhouse, I was able to beatbox for uh, Curtis Blow and Dr. Dre. And it was incredible. Wow. <laughs> to, I didn't even know Dr. Dre was on Clubhouse. That shows you how this platform is crazy right now. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, I don't know if he was on like his own account or if he was just speaking through someone else's because it was kind of like one of those interview th- situations. But um, yeah, they had me beatbox for him. So that was that was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, dope, brother. Congratulations. That's cool. Thanks. Uh, okay. Last two here. Um, what is your favorite word? Hmm. Love. And I think love is my favorite word because it's, it's even in saying the word it, uh, everyone knows that the word can't possibly put it into words. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it just can never, it's ever expanding. I I believe love is the expansive force of the universe. And so love, even if you could encapsulate it into a word, the moment that you've said it, it's already become more. So, uh, yeah, I love love. Sounded like you were about to break out into a poem just right there. (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) Um, Okay. Favorite. Do you have a favorite TV show right now? I don't actually watch a lot of content. Um, I'm a nomad. I've been nomadic for three years. And so it's one of those things where um, I don't generally have access to television movies. I haven't seen a lot of the movies and things. However, um, when I did five and a half weeks in a cabin in basically complete isolation <laughs> and uh, went deep inward and I allowed myself permission to... Um, watch a, a few things and i tried watching a couple movies and i i had to turn them off halfway through even movies that got great rotten tomatoes or whatever i just i wanted to to like mission impossible 98 or whatever one like that had a good rotten tomatoes I went, okay this is one of those where i don't have to be thinking very much i can just enjoy but i just had to turn it off and then i started looking at okay what do i actually want to watch and i started watching um extraordinary homes it's like a tv show that um it's it's all these extraordinary homes from around the world and uh, i love chef's table uh on on netflix and i realized again when you talk about what inspires me it's like people living at the edges of their consciousness and pushing themselves and so the architects and the the cooks and the chefs and um i love that like there there's it inspires me. I think that as an artist, I, I see poetry as one medium. I see music as one medium. I see um, my filmmaking as a medium. But when I can experience someone else's creativity, it, 
it's like my brain goes, what, how did they think to do that with that? And like, I, and it, it, it increases what I think is possible on the planet and the edges of our imagination are the edges of what we can create in our own lives. So every time I expand my imagination and what I believe to be possible, I've just expanded the potential for my entire life. And so I geek out on that. I love that. And, and so I watch a lot of shows and documentaries and stuff in, in that realm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Adam. Uh, again, everyone listening, your Instagram, just want to make sure is adam.roa, R-O-A. So at adam.roa. Um, go follow him on Instagram, show him some love. Uh, Adam, I'm going to send this out by doing a quick beatbox for you with your name. Please, in it. <laughs> please. Yeah, I love awesome. that. Bro. Hopefully, I it came that. through well. Zoom is choppy sometimes. So. No, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate everybody who's taking the time to listen to this. And um, yeah, if if uh, it's resonated with you, please continue to stay in the ecosystem with me. Uh, whether that's YouTube, my podcast, Instagram, wherever, Clubhouse. That's where Parker and I got connected. Um, let's stay connected. Let's do this. Let's grow and evolve together. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. And thanks for being on Upbeat. Uh, and to everyone listening, yeah, thank you for listening. So there you have it, my interview with Adam Roa. What an amazing episode. And of course, we'd love to stay connected with you. You can find me at my website, parkercane.co, parkercane.co, and Adam on his website, adamroa.com, adamroa.com. And if you got value from this episode, please share it with a friend and leave an upbeat review. That is always super appreciated. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.